<laughs> Love it. I'm Hannah. And I'm Tiffany. And welcome to Witchy Weirdos. Ooh, so excited. <laughs> Today we have something a bit random, but creepy police officer stories. Yeah. Yeah. This was what inspired by a story that you heard? Yeah. So uh, if any of you have listened to the podcast before, you've probably heard our random roasts for my partner um who's a police officer um and he has told me many many creepy stories to be honest um some that are creepy in a paranormal way some are creepy in like a people are terrifying way um but yeah he has no shortage of them um but the one that kind of inspired this wasn't his story but it was something he heard about very very recently so a few days ago, um, I'm just going to dive straight in. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a few nights ago, he was on a night shift, and he was crewed with this one woman. I won't, I won't name her, but let's um, <laughs> keep things like yeah, anonymous. Exactly. Um, but they drove past a hotel, and she recognised it. And Josh, um, and she told Josh that when she was younger, it wasn't a hotel. It was like this massive abandoned building. And um, when she went there, there was a room in like the top right corner of the building that like everyone said was haunted. And like, it was just like one of those things when you're a kid, like it was like a bit of an urban legend. Like you're like, oh, that room's haunted. And it was very much like people would dare each other to go in there, but they'd always be like terrified. And there were loads of tales about it and stuff. Um, And so they like, she told Josh this whole thing. And then basically what happened was, this happened when she was a child and then years later this woman becomes a police officer um and one day she is called to a job at that hotel so she turns up and she's like i recognize this building i don't know where but i recognize this building and then she goes inside and she realizes what the building was speaks to the staff and like she finishes her job and then she's just talking to some of the staff and she was like um oh, I used to, I I knew this place when it was abandoned and there was that room in the corner and everyone used to say it was creepy and she was, like, joking about it. Staff were like, are you serious? Because we don't go in that room. Oh, my God. Yeah, and apparently they don't even book people into that room unless there's no other choice. Oh, my God. Yeah, so apparently if staff go in and, like, try to clean it, they'll hear noises and a lot of the time they get locked in. That is horrendous. Yeah. And this was just like, they're like, Joe's on a night shift with this woman. And she's like, yeah, telling him this story. And he's like, okay. Oh my God, that's giving me such chills. I would absolutely love it if someone was just like next to me at work telling me this story. I know. I was like, that was just mad. And so, yeah, Josh told me that. And then I, I went on like this rabbit hole. Um, and like, I just found so many creepy police stories. I like went on Reddit, found a whole bunch of them. And I found this other one that's like, kind of true crime kind of policy Ooh. kind of paranormal based like there's like a memoir about it but also a book oh my god like, there's also a movie that's like loosely based on i was like wow this is that mad. is crazy yeah um so i'm i'm excited i might just dive into that one if that's all right yes oh my god, <laughs> I'm, go sorry. I'm like monopolizing this already but like i have yeah i'm I've just so got, excited like... I've got lots of little short ones, so cool. I think this is a good way to go. I like it. After this, I've, I've got, like, a whole bunch of little ones I found on Reddit that was, like, ew, gross. Just, just ew. <laughs> I know. Um, so, this one that I found, I don't know if you've seen this horror movie. It's called Deliver Us From Evil. I have not. Okay, so the actual movie is about a police officer that attends these different 
um, crimes and slowly figures out that they're all related and some paranormal things start happening to him. It ends up in a massive exorcism and it's crazy. And right at the start, it says um, based on like a true story. And so I looked into it and basically the actual story itself um, is from a guy called Ralph Saatchi and it's from his Beware the Night memoir. Um, and it's basically filled with true stories about his work as a demonologist. Oh, my God. Now, now how that ties into the police is that Saatchi was actually an NYPD sergeant. Um, and he has a lot of cases that he swore were paranormal in nature, but kind of manifested themselves in crimes. And oh what I mean by that is, God. like, people becoming possessed and doing things that the police would be called to. Um, that is so crazy. Yeah, so, like, people, like, calling the police because their partner, like has gone insane, is, like, scratching at the floor and, like, attacking them and stuff, only to for the police to literally encounter a demon. Um, and a lot of the time, in, in a lot of his cases, he talks about how other officers dismissed some cases as mental illness, but he, as a religious man, was like, no, this yeah. is some, there's something wrong here. Um, and so, yeah, there's a movie called Deliver Us From Evil, and it's very loosely based on... Um, Saatchi's memoir and I say very loosely in that like the plot for the movie is entirely fictitious it's just that the character that represents Saatchi is accurate so he's like this police officer turned demonologist that helps the police officer in the movie like perform an exorcism and stuff yeah really interesting um so but like some of the stories from his memoir are terrifying I was reading some of them and I was like I cannot do this (laughs) Um, but I'll say like he doesn't offer much in the way of actual logic. Like, he doesn't at any point sort of question his own logic. But apparently when you really read the whole thing, you just, you can tell, like, he really believes what he's saying. Yeah. Um, so I think that kind of speaks for itself. But basically, I'll, the first, I'll talk about the first story that's in his memoir, and it's called The Halloween Horror. Um, oh and God. it's the story of Dominic and Gabby Villanova. Yeah, okay. Villanova. Um and they basically, they claimed they'd been plagued by a demon. So one autumn, um, when Gabby said she saw a woman standing outside in like a cloud of white smoke, um, she like freaked out massively, obviously. Um, but no one else could see her. Then Dominic says that she began speaking through his wife. So his wife uh-huh. sees this woman in like a cloud of smoke. And then Dominic says like this sort of like possessing her and speaking through her. Um Eventually, Gabby's friend Ruth, like, comes into the story somehow, and she has apparently this, like, very elaborate tale that was apparently cooked up by a demon about... <laughs> yeah, I know. Random. About, I know. When I, was, I was like, wow. Okay, interesting. Um, but apparently it was about a woman who murdered... Or who was murdered on her wedding night and whose fiancé was, like, falsely accused of the crime. Oh, my God. Um, And in the days that followed that, there was more weird stuff. Like, Gabby said that she saw the ghost of her father, and her five-year-old apparently, like, echoes Uh. that and says that's true. And then the claims just got on and on. Basically, like, this whole thing just, like, sort of descended into madness, and, like, everyone around them started to feel all of these things. And it said, like, books were flying off walls, there were moans and growls from the basement, the word help was written backwards on the bathroom mirror. Um, In one really nasty bit, um, Saatchi interprets the, like, description of, like, a furry-looking creature as a demon, and it's an incubus. Um, and basically, it had like a whole intent on raping um, Gabby's daughter, Luciana. Oh 
Oh, I know. And when Gabby um, eventually became possessed by that demon, while Sarchi and um, his like partner from work were in the residence, um, he said that he was in the presence of one of hell's most dangerous devils and said that he, quote, relied on the name of Jesus Christ to draw it out again. Um, and so that was like the first thing that he like swears it's absolutely true that this happened. Like he was called to like all of these things with this family like all of these crimes basically and it just ended up being an actual demon um and then he released a documentary um it was quite brief but apparently it shows some of his exorcisms and there was one in 1992 with a woman and she's like strapped to a chair and she's like screaming and spitting on the people around her and apparently it's like super upsetting and like really like insane and anyone that watches it says like i can't even explain this it's mad that is terrifying yeah so he's literally he was an nypd sergeant and he has a whole memoir of like terrifying things that happened but he basically sort of like turned into a demonologist <laughs> like That's because natural progression of a career path <laughs> exactly nypd sergeant demonologist <laughs> but definitely like look into it it's it's weird it sounds so like i didn't even know like i know beyond creepy yeah Oh yeah. my god! Yeah. That's a super light note for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop talking for a bit so you can recover oh, from that. <laughs> mine's like gonna go down a dark route as well. So I like it. Go of course, on. it is. Like this old podcast is just going down dark routes. <laughs> so I have focused more on police buildings than police officers. Ooh. So. These are more haunted buildings, but they have all got the dark history of being police stations. Mm -hmm. So I've got a couple and I found these all from an article called, where is it? Mm -hmm. History Notebook 64, the Essex Police Museum, the supposedly haunted police stations of Essex by Daniel Segeth. And I'm basically going to have this article up because there are massive, long, direct quotes of what people have said. And I could not be bothered to copy them out, in all honesty. Okay. So I've got my notes of what happened and then I will link in with my direct quotes. Mm-hmm. So the first police station we're going to talk about is, oh no, it's another name that I'm not going to say <laughs> right. Canberry Island Police Station. So... This gets dark very quickly. (laughs) But basically, on the 31st of January, 1953, there was one of Britain's worst natural disasters, um, which unfolded along the East Coast. Mm -hmm. And so basically, there was a weather phenomena which ripped down the Northern Sea. So it travelled down the Northern Sea. And um, Canvary Island was one of the worst places that was hit. Mm Mm-hmm. And so when this natural disaster hit this area, 59 people ended up losing their lives. And it was said that the police station actually ended up having to be a temporary morgue during that time because they didn't have enough space to contain the bodies. So I think it's quite like a small town. So Mm -hmm. like they didn't have it all in place. Yeah. So... This police station is said to have kind of quite a lot of generic sort of hauntings. So there's examples of footsteps and 
voices. Mm-hmm. So one direct quote comes from a oh, it doesn't say who this has come from. Oh, it's from a police constable who oh, was right. located there in the 1990s. So 40 years on from this disaster. And it mm-hmm. says, I was alone in the station when I heard footsteps running backwards and forwards across the floor downstairs. I thought someone had come in and thought nothing initially of it until about 30 minutes later when the cars came back in. I questioned my colleagues about the running around. They told me that they hadn't been there and they'd been busy on the job. So, of course, (laughs) footsteps was unexplained places. Um, So there is multiple reports of footsteps and doors opening and closing and creepy feelings and cold spots and another example is that there is a certain kind of cold spot and creepy feeling with one of the staircases in this police station oh my god so my next little story oh my god states that i worked at canvary island station for a number of years and everybody who worked there used to say that the staircase at the kitchen end of the station was haunted as it always was cold, no matter what time of year it was or how hot it was outside. Some people would always avoid using the staircase because they found it creepy. The rumour is that in the floods of 1953, police kept dead bodies at the end of the station as the flood water kept us from taking them to the mortuary until the water went down. So it is thought that this eerie feeling is due to the fact that that is where the bodies were stored. Um, It is, however, stated that there is actually, like, no proper evidence of this place being a morgue. But I think that, you know, it is actually probably very likely. Yeah. um, In a time like that. And during such, like, a chaotic natural disaster, you just do what you can do. Yeah. So I I, I feel like there's probably quite a bit of proof behind it. But yes. (sighs) Pretty creepy. I like it though. Very good find. Thank you. That's thank you. terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it's it's on the odd side, I think, because it's not like it's not necessarily something you'd associate like with a police station, like yeah, the haunting was being because of a morgue. But yeah, it's creepy. eerie though. It's super super eerie. Yeah. Wow, I like it. I have a whole bunch of like small reddit stories now which i'm really excited about yeah should we just take it like on and off on turn hell yeah okay i'm so this. excited okay this one is about a theme park um Ooh, okay so i'm gonna read it as it is um so it's gonna sound first person but i'm just reading as it is um so this one i was working I was working an off-duty job at a local theme park. It was an overnight, so the park was completely closed with no one around besides the occasional cleaner or painter. I usually just sit in my patrol car on my laptop, but when I get sleepy or need to stretch my legs, I get out and go for a walk around the empty park. Let me tell you, amusement parks are really creepy when they're empty at night. Oh my god, I bet. (laughs) But I get used to it. Um... On this particular night, I was doing my normal walk on my phone, probably on Twitter, when I look up and see a lady who appeared to be in her 60s, nonchalantly sitting at a table in one of the restaurants that was closed, like just sitting there in the dark. (laughs) Um, This really confused the hell out of me and she was not dressed like an employee. I tapped on the window and she turned her head and stared straight at me. I asked loudly what she was doing and she just turned her head back away from me and ignored me. I tried to open the door and it was locked. 
I called on the radio for park security to come over there and confirm that if this lady was supposed to be there while I walked back to my car to get the set of keys I kept there. As I walk back to the front of the restaurant, two security guards are walking up at the same time as me. One of them peers in the window and asks, somebody was in there? I look at the la- I look and the lady is no longer at the table. Oh. <laughs> we get it open and search every crevice of the place and there was not a soul in there. You can say I was a little freaked out. We went back and checked the exterior cameras and nobody entered or exited. To this day it creeps me out and I can't explain it. Oh my god. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. That's, I know. Yeah, thinking about it at the theme park is slightly yeah. terrifying. I can just imagine, like imagine it's pitch black. You're just patrolling, looking. There's a woman sat there. She, you knock and she stares right at you <laughs> and <laughs> then looks away. Like, that's so that's creepy. Yes, I wonder, like, whether that's, like, some residual energy or something. Like, someone oh. that, like, that used to be, like, a cafe <laughs> or something before it was a theme park. Like, oh, that just made my skin oh. crawl. <laughs> so creepy. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> so, my next police station is... Forp Les Soken, because apparently nothing can be named easy. Nope. So this is actually one of the oldest buildings in Essex, um, in the Essex Police Estate specifically. And this building was built in the 1840s, so it is quite old. And because of how it was built and what it was kind of, um, how they used it at the time, it these cells actually contain servant bells still. Oh, right. Um, and these cells are now, like, protected, kind of like, um, what's the word? Like, when you look after something old, like an older um, building. Uh, oh. I can't I even think what that word is. I do know what you mean. But, yeah, so they're kind of, like, looked after and maintained. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's said that within this building, the most common phenomena, which is incredibly well documented, um is the cell doors banging and the bells ringing. But there's okay. kind of no story behind why this happens. There's not, like, a specific tale that features ringing or anything like that. But it mm. is incredibly well docu- documented. Yeah. So I have a couple of examples here. Ooh. So, one evening at about 11.30, the bells in the cell started ringing. I thought someone had come in and was winding me up, but there was no one in the station at all apart from me. The bell cord is situated in the cells, which were locked up, and you have to be in the cell in order to ring it. Oh. This happened three times in the space of five minutes. Oh. So it's quite like, um, it's quite like a substantial evidence because you can't, like, they, they couldn't be rang otherwise. Yeah. Like, equally creepy. So the next story. Oh. I was the only one there and was moving throughout the building, checking the fire alarms. There was a very loud bang in the front office area near the cells. It felt like a door slam, but there was no breeze or anyone around. It was possibly from outside, but my hearing aids picked up echoes, meaning that it was inside. So I went to check the buildings to see if any windows were left open. None were open and nothing had been knocked to the floor, and there was nobody around and no cars in the car park. My heart started to race and I left immediately. It was definitely from in the inside oh my god i will not go there after dark now yeah smart don't oh and then i just like this from a retired police officer this just makes me laugh because this sounds so (laughs) english i don't believe in ghosts or anything like that normally but fort placoken is definitely haunted (laughs) 
which is just <laughs> the most British way of handling things. It really is. It really, really is. <laughs> I don't believe in ghosts, but that place you know, is weird. I'll make an exception for that one. <laughs> that sounds literally like every guy I know. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I like it. You're finding some good ones. I'm like chuffed. This is all just one big article about like Essex police stations. Oh my god, maybe like, we just random. need to go to Essex and get arrested. <laughs> I don't know why there's like so many police stations in like the county of Essex as well, like haunted police stations. Weird. Like Very I've still weird. got two more and like that's not it for the list on the that I'd found. I just thought that was enough stories. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. Oh, I like right. it. Back okay. to you and Reddit. Back to me. Um, this one's quite small as well. So, um, as a rookie, I was responding to an alarm at a restaurant that was supposed to be haunted by a woman. The first officer that arrived was an older officer that didn't do much and didn't get didn't ever get excited on the radio. As soon as he arrived, he asked for a second unit in a high-pitched tone. As I pulled in, he had a shotgun out and he was leaned up over his hood. My first thought was, oh shit, someone's breaking in. When I ran up to him and asked what was up, all he said was that he pulled up and the lights hit the building and his lights hit the building and a woman jumped off the roof and disappeared. Oh my god. Yeah, he was clearly in shock. Me and another officer checked the building and found no evidence that someone had been there, but it definitely made an impression on me and I never want to go back to a rest- that restaurant at night without another officer. Oh Christ. It's so small but like imagine turning up that must be absolutely horrific like so like it's just that sentence where is it um yeah it's so all he said as he pulled up um was that his lights hit the building and the woman jumped off the roof and disappeared like like oh. jumped off the roof and disappeared i'm kind of imagining a bit of like a batman jump at the moment though. yeah no i do what you mean <laughs> i was kind of imagining an olympic dive i love that but, <laughs> but yeah that must be absolutely horrific like your yeah. brain must not go to that's a ghost it must go to oh my god i've just seen someone commit suicide like, exactly but then if Christ. you also see them disappear like i Ugh. i kind of understand his reaction because he's probably like what do i do i yeah, i guess i just get out my that? gun <laughs> I'm not sure why the gun is like the appropriate weapon of choice here. I think like, he's probably just like scared, and yeah. that's like a, as a police officer in the US, that's your like defense, yeah, right? Your reflex, mm. which probably like is very concerning. Not, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> we won't go down that route today, though. <laughs> no, let's not. That's <laughs> a discussion for another time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So my next police station is Colchester Police Station. Colchester. Yeah. Mm. So. What's really interesting about this police station is that it's actually near one of the original Roman walls of Colchester. Mm. So um, it has some creepy ghost stories and mm. these creepy ghost stories like link back to Romans. So I love it. I love that. So um, one of the interesting like apparitions that's said to haunt Colchester police station is actually a monk. Of all things. A monk? <laughs> a monk. No way. So there are many reports of a monk and often this is like consistently matched with the monk being seen around the staircase, which leads to the custody suites. Okay. And they've tried to get rid of this ghost numerous times. Really? So, <laughs> you oh know, the God. monk's staying around. He's stubborn. So the first story I've got about the monk is my father was based at the quote-unquote, the new Colchester (laughs) police station around 20 years ago, having transferred from Grey's. 
He relayed to me that many of the officers didn't like the stairs down into the custody suite and they used to go through in quite a hurry because of the monk. <laughs> My dad is one of those seen it all, done it all people who thought it was quite amusing. One evening he stayed late, especially to nick one of his regulars who worked during the day. Having sorted out the paperwork in his office, he made his way down to custody via the stairs. Just as he took his first step down, all the lights went off. The temperature plummeted. And in the very poor light, he saw what he can only describe as a hooded figure, which appeared to be floating near the bottom of the stairs. My dad, being my dad, just said out loud, stop messing me around and put the bloody lights on. At which point, the figure faded and the lights indeed indeed blinked on. No way! Again, like, such a stereotypical British male. <laughs> that, is so, that, that is so true, yeah. And so another example of the monk is, One evening, I was working late. It was dark and I went to walk from the front of the building to the back, where the car park is situated. When I saw this monk floating over the stairs and moving down... The lights went off and then on again as I walked along the passage to the next set of stairs and the ghost appeared on the stairs again at the rear of the building. It moved down under the stairs as I went up into the car park. I used to work in the same office as an officer who saw this and called Vicarin to try and get rid of the ghost. (laughs) But I hear people still see it to this day. They really want to get rid of this monk. (laughs) They're determined this monk is going. But that monk is just so not listening. (laughs) No, the monk is there to stay. Oh my god. The other apparition, and I can't decide which one of these is creepier. Okay. But the other apparition is a Roman centurion. Okay. (laughs) So the outdoor rest area kind of within this police station is actually built over a Roman graveyard. Mm. So if we know anything, it's that you don't yeah. go on top of graveyards. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> come on, Luke, just apply a little bit of logic. <laughs> and I've kind of thought that, and because it's built right next to this Roman wall, there is kind of the thought that maybe the work to build up this police station disturbed some Roman ghosts. Yeah. Especially if you are on top of the gravesite. I mean, this yeah. is, it's common sense. Yeah. So the story about this Roman ghost one night when i was working as the custodian oh god all these words <laughs> custody sergeant my detention officer asked if he could go upstairs to use a computer in one of the offices on the first floor to type up some reports to which i agreed approximately half an hour later he came flying back into the custody almost taking the entrance door to the custody area off its hinges oh he was god. white and sweating profusely i asked him what was wrong and he told me he had just seen a ghost He explained he was typing on his computer when something caught his eye further down the office. He looked up to see a figure in white walk across the office and disappear around a corner. He did not recognise the person, so he got up and walked to where he had seen him go, only to realise that it was a dead end with no doors to exit the office. There was no trace of the person he had seen. He realised at that point he must have seen a ghost, giving him such a fright. Oh, I feel sick. <laughs> so that is Colchester Police Station, oh, haunted by God. a variety of ghostly figures. Wow, the spice of life here at Colchester. I know, look at them getting everything going oh on. Oh my God, that is creepy. The monk is, just seems kind of playful, not going to yeah. lie. 
But also, but... like, the idea of a monk floating by the bottom of the stairs, yeah. like, gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, we've had some other podcasts where we've talked about monks. I feel like they just have very unrested. Yeah, I don't yeah. see why. Like, surely they should be the ones that aren't coming back, like... Yeah, they search for enlightenment in their minds, so... Then, can you imagine if you spent your whole life being a monk, only to then be, like, <laughs> stuck on this plane for eternity? I'd be, be like, like, what, what a, waste a shit of my life. deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'd be so annoyed. Like, these poor old monks. I think if I ever see a ghost monk, I'm just going to feel so sorry for them. Yeah, so I'm going to be like, oh, do you know what? Fair that you're angry. Absolutely <laughs> <fair>. justified. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take us down a disgusting route. Oh God, it's it's short again, but this one just like got me. Oh, um, I'm scared. <laughs> so, about two years ago, we had to admit a man to a mental health unit. This was because he'd called the police to report an intruder in his apartment. Very normal so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, apart from the the premise that you know he's been sent to a mental health unit. Um. When they arrived, they found him high as a kite. I forget the specific drug. His apartment was filled with headless dolls strung (laughs) around the room with barbed wire, some covered in his semen. Oh, my God. In the kitchen, a pot was boiling on the stove filled with the heads of the dolls. When they asked him to explain what he was doing, he just said he was opening the seal and nothing else. Oh, my God. That makes me want to throw I know. I know. That I sounds know. like some proper voodoo-y, voodoo-y? voodoo-esque yeah. stuff. Yeah, I know. Um, he stayed on the unit for a few days and was perfectly normal. I never would have guessed he had such a strange story if I hadn't heard it myself. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. I'm opening the seal. That's just <sighs> a no. No, Dolls, no, no. Barbed wire. No. Just everything about that is right out of a horror movie, I swear. I know, I know. Disgusting. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's a little roller coaster for such a short story. Like, oh, my God. I know, I told you it was short, but, like, it, it was something, yeah. Yeah, that is an intense little situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would not like to be the person who, like, turned up to that scene. Imagine they're just looking and they're like, what is on that doll? Oh, it's semen. And you'd be like, oh, great, my day couldn't have got any better than this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've heard about some very gross places from my partner, but <laughs> luckily he hasn't been to anything like that. <laughs> my God. You'd need to proper, like, stage him if that was the case. <laughs> if he came home and told me that, I'd be like, you're going outside until I can sage you and sage <laughs> this entire place. <laughs> yeah, everything needs to go. We do not want I the was, bad juju. I was like, I don't care what seal he opened, but it is closed here. Yeah, it's not coming okay. home with you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so for my last police station... Mm-hmm. in a little bit more of a normal story now <laughs> um i'm gonna talk about oh my god the names of these places billericay police station Ooh. so billericay police station um is known to have a lot of hauntings from a specific source okay so it's quite it's quite tragic so george manning was the essex county constable between 1946 and 1976 um and he rose to chief inspector and he worked in the police in this building for 15 years so in november of 1976 
his life was tragically cut short when he was involved in a road accident. Mm-hmm. And the kind of ironic thing was he was travelling to the scene of another road accident. And he actually ended up passing away on Boxing Day. So mm-hmm. he was kind of in hospital for about a month before his injuries succumbed him. Yeah. So it is said that George Manning um, kind of haunts this police station and it doesn't sound particularly like he's a malicious spirit, just kind of like a residual, this is where he was the majority of life, kind of like mm-hmm. this is where he resignated. Okay. Um, so it's said that stationery will move on its own. There'll be sudden drops in temperature and you will hear doors closing and footsteps. So kind of your run-of-the-mill haunting stuff. Okay, yeah. So I've got a couple of experiences from this police, police station. So mm-hmm. let's go. Ooh. So apparently, so Billicray is a strange place to work. It's freezing cold of one end of the building. Footsteps will come up the stairs when you're in the report room or the kitchen, but then nobody will appear. And they'll be banging and crashing in the end of the corridor. It is not a place to be on your own, that's for sure. Ooh. I'm not certain the exact story, but I'm sure it's an inspector or chief inspector who either died very shortly before he was due to retire or very soon afterwards. Oh, yeah, he was due to retire. He was going to be leaving the force. Um, mm-hmm. The accident that he attended was one of the, like, would have been one of his last kind of oh. scenes. So the next story. I've experienced two incidents at this police station, which were particularly eerie, and I'm sure there will be other officers who have similar stories. One incident was where vehicle keys were placed securely on a hook on the wall, and they appeared to jump off the hook. Jump off the hook. Jump off the hook. There is no way they could have fallen, and there was only me and another colleague in the office at the other end of the building. No one had used the keys that evening. Oh my god. The second incident was when there were three of us in the building upstairs and we heard what sounded like the downstairs airlock door opening, then slamming and footsteps. Oh, God. We were confused as no one else should have been in the building. So we went down one set of stairs to investigate. There was then the sound of running footsteps along the corridor to the other set of stairs. And then it says in brackets, we even had our cuffs out thinking there was an intruder. Oh, my God. And we followed the sound to the other stairs. There was no one there, and the last sound we heard were footsteps overhead in the loft area. The building was searched, and not a single other person was there. Oh I am sceptical, but the building gives you shivers just down your spine, and I would never be there alone. Oh as far God. as the story goes, it is apparently haunted by an ex-police chief inspector who was killed on his last day of duty before retirement. His name was George Manning. Oh my God! And so, um, another story... Various staff have mentioned strange feelings of being not alone when they were alone in the building. It's a large building, essentially two buildings put together, so it runs from left to right with a long corridor. One night some years ago, about four years ago, I was finishing a shift. It was about 2am and I was sitting at a computer finishing up. I was, to my knowledge, the only person in the building. Mm -hmm. From upstairs came the sound of doors being closed a definite clunk closure sound. This was a little disconcerting, Mm -hmm. but I was tucked away in an office downstairs, and so I had to go upstairs to put my kit away. Needless to say, it felt very odd, like Mm -hmm. there was somebody in a nearby room. I hurried out and went home rapidly. 
I wasn't the only person to have heard this. Other staff also reported a series of doors opening and closing too. And the last little quote on here just says, anytime something goes missing or something happens that can't easily be explained, George got the blame. A colleague (laughs) of mine has been filing in the old cell block and heard loud tapping noises, which George has also been blamed for. (laughs) So poor little George Manning is getting blamed for all of these shenanigans. (laughs) This man's was just trying to retire. I know. And it does sound very much like he's like still living like his work life. Yeah, you know, like that's stationary yeah. and doors closing. Like, yeah, it's very like, like you said before, like residual energy. Yeah, it definitely, like, definitely sounds yeah. like this is kind of him just continuing on doing what he was passionate about. Wow, I mean, like so, yeah. it's creepy, but also it's so interesting, and it's kind of nice in a way. Like, yeah, he's recognised, he's acknowledged. Mm-hmm. We'll take it. It's not the most terrifying or sad story. It's kind of just like yeah. A, a kind of calming yeah. story. Oh, well, prepare yourself. <laughs> <'Cause>... <laughs> it's going to get worse. It's going to get a lot worse. <laughs> I've, got, um, I've got three more. Okay, hit me with them. And, um, this, they're, they're all a little bit different. Um, but this first one's very interesting. It's not ghosty, but it's just... It's, yeah, I'll just go. Okay. <laughs> My girlfriend's grandfather used to be a detective, and he tells a pretty terrifying story. When he was still pretty young, he got a call to an apartment building because a monster was trying to get into someone's apartment. Monster oh in quotes, yeah. Um, the caller said that they had heard a gunshot, and then a while later, something was pounding on their door. When they opened it, a monster was standing there and tried to get into their apartment. They kicked it out and slammed the door. The caller also said... <laughs> Yeah, I know, imagine. You're just like, nah, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just kick out this monster that's standing in my doorway. I know. Um, the caller also said that they had heard more screams from down the hall, so the monster may have been trying to get to other people. When my girlfriend's grandfather got to the building, he found a man shambling around inside, covered in blood. He got, to, he got the guy turned... Wait, what? He got the guy turned around and realised that he had found his monster... The guy had attempted to commit suicide by pulling a gun under his chin and firing upwards. Oh, my God. However, he'd screwed up the angle and blown off his jaw and part of his nose, but he was still alive and in extreme shock. He had been walking around the building, knocking on doors, trying to get someone to help him, but his grisly visage had terrified everyone, so they kept slamming the door in his face. Oh, my God. I know. I have no other words. That is horrific. I know. I know. Can you imagine coming? Oh my like, God. imagine that was your night. Imagine oh. that. I can't. <laughs> like, that's just horrible for everyone involved. Literally everyone. Imagine when you find out as well. Like, you were just like, you're calling this person a monster and they, like, literally needed your help. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. You must have so much guilt. Like, yeah. But then yeah. at the same time, you know what? If someone was covered in blood and I thought they looked like a monster, I brought, wouldn't let them into my house. I, if someone, yeah, that's the thing. Like, if someone knocked on my door and, like you say, like, was covered in blood, I would absolutely call an ambulance and I would but, call the police, but I don't think I would answer the door. No, I don't think I'd let them in. There's it's way this... too many examples of people, like, faking illnesses and stuff to get entry into yeah. people's houses. I've even seen loads of stuff about, like... um 
hearing like I've, I've heard stories about like women that live alone yeah and people playing like the sound of like ba- a baby crying outside oh my god so uh, that's like, the thing that like, would get night. me Mm-hmm. exactly or like they've had like women run up to the door and like pound on the door and be like i really need help and people answer the door but it's like it's a setup oh. so it's like even if someone comes up to your door like pounding for help a lot of the time you're advised to not answer the door why does and our world have to be so awful like i know i know like 100 percent, call the police yeah but maybe consider if you should answer the door or not <laughs> That's our public know. service announcement for the day. PSA, maybe don't answer the door. <laughs> but oh call the police. Oh. Uh, anyway, moving on. Yeah, um, that's, that's haunted me more than any of these ghosts. I know, stories. I know. I, told, like, I just had to include it because I was like, I have not heard anything like that. No. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. My partner and I get a call for a welfare check. An ex-boyfriend called because he received texts from his ex stating that she wished it would not have ended and that she could go on no longer without him. We get to the place, knock, pound, etc. on the door. No answer. Um, we call and get an answer and then hang up. And then hang up. So we hear it from outside the... Out- oh my God, English. <laughs> English. <laughs> we hear it from outside the window and we know that she's in there. We say we're going to break the door down if she doesn't answer. We hear a slurred mess of speech. The door unlocks but doesn't open. We open the door to find a young woman... Wet, naked, pale as hell, swaying in one spot, hands bleeding. We call an ambulance um, and she's off to the hospital. Now for the creepy part. As <laughs> None if that of... wasn't bad enough. <laughs> I know. None of the lights would turn on, so we conduct a safety search and find candles lit in the bedroom and bathroom. On the walls were Bible scriptures written in her blood and a tub of brown water. The brown water, um, so it's like water mixed with old blood. Oh my God. Um, I don't know how she survived because the water was dark. She had been sitting in it for approximately four or five hours. Oh my god! Yeah, so she'd she'd like cut herself open, written Bible scriptures in blood on the walls. Oh my lord! I know. Once again, imagine turning up to that call. Imagine coming home. Imagine your partner coming home and saying this story. I'd be like, "You're quitting your job." Yeah, like I'd be like, "No." <laughs> oh my god. I, yeah again i don't have the words for this kind of like yeah exactly Ooh. exactly now this last one is going to be a surprise for both of us okay. because i just saw something that was like crazy as it sounds i definitely saw a ghost and so yes do it okay so we're gonna Let's read it. react <laughs> i like it um the creepiest thing was when i was walking a beat on a solo foot foot post late one night so someone's on their own just mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, This was back in my first year on the job. My partner was on a meal break, so left me by my post by myself for the next hour until he got back. I decided to walk from the north of my post to the south, past a few abandoned lots. As I passed one of them, I thought I saw something at the end of the lot by the fence line. Uh, A lot of times, people using or just being vagrants? Vagrants? Tramps. Drifters. Yeah, derelicts yeah. yeah okay um we'll be in these lots i literally just like <laughs> not googled but i just <laughs> checked the definition of that <laughs> was this um i shined my flashlight on the area but there was nothing there i thought a trick of low lighting in the area no big deal as i turned away the fence on the far side of the lot started rattling um and giving that distinctive chain sound i stopped and looked back 
Already thinking of how ridiculous this feels, I put my light on there again. Standing there was a man. He didn't look homeless, nor did he look like the kind of guy that hangs out late in lots at night. (laughs) I asked him what he was doing. He simply stood there, not really looking at me, but kind of looking above me. I asked again. No answer. I told him to come over here, as he shouldn't be in the lot. He just stood there. I decided to put over the radio before approaching him. Post 4, Central, show me one mail, stopped it, blah, 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 X Street. Um, Back lot, no further, no emergency. So I walk into the lot, um, but have to hop a small fence to get where he's standing. I figure the guy must be tweaking out or something. He looks like he has no idea where he is. I hop the fence and look back up. The motherfucker was gone. Oh my god. I took my eyes off him for two seconds and he was gone. No sound from the far fence chain nothing i scanned the entire lot wondering where this guy went looking behind any any open or real likely cover a dumpster anything and inside of it he was not there central raised me a minute later and asked the status um i had to respond no crime corrected resuming patrol (laughs) it's like i just saw a ghost (laughs) yeah to this day i think i saw a ghost as crazy as it sounds i've never told anyone about what happened that night crazy crazy stuff i know there is a chance that maybe he just hopped the fence without me hearing and took off but the amount of time it took me to hop the four the four foot fence and the fact that i only took my eyes off of him for two seconds and i heard the fence the first time highly unlikely oh my god See, the thing that would get me is hopping the four-foot fence. That's not Yeah, you're, you're done there. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, sorry. Oh, well, stay in the lot. <laughs> that would be it for you. I oh, know. I'd just be like, over- I'd probably go over it, like, head first. Then the ghost would um, have to call an ambulance for me. The thing is, you, you're quite clumsy as well, so... <laughs> it's just not a match made in heaven, really. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all of my... Uh... Oh my god, oh, creepy. Stories. I know, I'm glad we did this though. I know, this is definitely interesting. <laughs> Very weird. I'll have to um, maybe try and convince yeah. my partner to give us some creepy Get stories. Get some more info out of him. Find more creepy stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like definitely. we should just take a moment to throw in, obviously, with everything going on in the world right now. You know, support your Black mm-hmm. Life Matters protest. Sign your serve, mm-hmm. like your, um, what's it called? I've forgotten. Like your petition. That's the word. <laughs> you know do your bit to make sure that everybody is safe when needing the absolutely. police absolutely absolutely i know and i mean it's a very difficult time and you know like my partners in the police we've been having a lot of difficult conversations mm. about what we both think about the situation um we've been signing petitions yeah. getting things done um i think it's important and... to think of on both sides of the argument isn't it like Obviously, yeah. Black Lives Matters is the priority here, but also there are police out there who do incredibly wonderful things and protect mm-hmm. people. Yeah, exactly. And um, and we'll take this little creepy yeah. moment just to say, get your petition signed, donate some money, yes. do your bit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Do your bit, educate yourself and look after everyone. Yes. Okay, look after the people protesting, look after the people that are trying to keep you safe while you're protesting. Just love everyone. That's the message we've got here. Just don't be a dick. Yeah. That's, that's probably the better message. <laughs> We've very different approaches, but I like that it's the same destination. Yeah, that is the important thing in this world. Exactly. But next week, 
we'll probably have something equally creepy and disturbing, but just definitely remember the monster that wasn't a monster that was that just a guy. Me. That is going to be like my nightmare for the week. I think it might be for me too, so I'm going to sign off before I <laughs> before we go down that talk about it a bit too much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we'll see you all next yes, week. Yes, we will see you again very soon. Bye. Bye.